Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio and on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station for the Inner Life at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hi again, everyone. I'm Chuck Neff. Thank you for joining us on The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction, coming to you every weekday here on Relevant Radio to let you know you're not alone on your journey of faith. Great to have all of you with us today. And today, our prayer life and the Our Father. Scripture is pretty clear in terms of how we are to pray. Jesus tells his disciples and us it's rather simple. Our Father who art in heaven, and you know the rest of the words. But is that prayer all we need to pray to his Father and our Father? Well, I don't know about you, but I wonder sometimes if that's uh, too simple, that that prayer alone is not enough. We're going to talk about that and uh, ask you the question, what does the Our Father mean to you? And here to help us on the journey, our spiritual director, back with us once again. Good to have Father Rob Kroll back with us once again. Father Rob is a Jesuit priest and now Director of Spiritual Formation at St. Francis de Sales Seminary in Milwaukee. Father Rob Kroll, welcome back to the program today. Hi, Chuck. Yeah, good to be back. It's been a little while, so happy to be back. It has been a, a, a little today. little too long, if I can uh, add that <laughs> from this side of the microphone, but it's great to have you back on the on the program today. Love talking about our prayer life in the Our Father, which we're going to do today as we do every day. We'll open up our phone lines, inviting you and our listening audience to join us, and we'll get those phone lines open here in just a moment. But, uh, Father Rob, get us started. Uh, the Our Father, can you talk a little bit about... Um, about the the simplicity of it. I meditate a lot on just the simplicity, and I think over the years I've learned to just kind of trust that I don't need to lay out everything that's on my prayer plate uh, for the Lord. It really is, uh, in the end, pretty simple, isn't it? Well, I would say yes and no. I mean, it is simple in the sense that it's not a very long prayer, and it's one that we pray a lot uh, as Christians. And maybe because of that, uh, it gets a little bit routine or rote for us. And so I'm glad that we're devoting, you know, our program today to kind of uh, unpacking and exploring uh, the prayer. Because it is, it is simple on one level, but on the other hand, uh, it's really packed full with a lot of spiritual and theological nuggets. And so I think we'll see as we talk about the content of the prayer that, that it, it kind of explodes with a lot of different meaning. I mean, when you think about the fact that Jesus himself, uh, the Son of God, gave us, you know, this prayer and wanted us to pray it, uh, you know, obviously it's going to be very meaningful. It's going to have a lot of significance for us. And so I think we'll see that um, in in the course of the program. Uh, We find it in two different places in the Gospels, in Matthew 6 and and Luke 11, and they're slightly different uh, versions. But... um, but yes, uh, it's a prayer that you know many of us probably learned when we were kids, and along with the Hail Mary, um, the Our Father is is one of those kind of very standard, fundamental prayers that uh, that we learn when we're young, and and we probably don't need to look at a sheet of paper anymore. We've got it memorized. 
Um, but again, because of how often we say it, we say it, uh, you know, at every mass. We say it, uh, you know, multiple times when we pray our rosaries. Um, you know, the danger or the risk, I think, is that we kind of um, ignore the deep meaning, and, and maybe mm-hmm. there are things in there that are actually quite challenging and even shocking. And uh, so to try to live it out in our daily life, that's going to be one of the encouragements from our, our uh, discussion today, yeah. I think. Father Rob Kroll, our spiritual director, talking about the Our Father today. Let's open up our phone lines. If you'd like to join us on the program today, toll-free phone number 888-914-9149. Our email address, com. But as we talk about the Our Father, what is uh, your experience of praying the Our Father? How has uh, that prayer specifically impacted uh, your journey of faith? And when have you come to realize that that simple prayer in its simplicity is enough, that the Lord does know what we need without saying a lot of words. Toll free if you'd like to join us again, 888-914-9149, our email address, life at relevantradio.com. Father Rob, before we get into um, some of the specifics in terms of, we're going to take this line by line, hopefully we have enough time to do that. But can you talk about the element of trust? Because I know for me, and I alluded to it earlier, that sometimes it's it's not very long, it's not a lot of words. And um, it's it's like it's it's almost like I, I don't trust it. Like it's these words aren't enough. If I don't say everything that uh, the Lord's not going to know about it. Yeah, I think there is a sense in which we uh, sometimes think that everything depends on us and not on God. And so I think the simplicity of the prayer, the brevity of the prayer is a good reminder to us that, uh, you know, like you said, Chuck, the Lord knows what we need better than we know ourselves. He knows the deepest desires of our hearts. And um, so we don't have to fill up our prayer time with a lot of words. You know, we don't have to be always moving our lips. Um, we, we can, you know, just rest in the Lord's presence and kind of lift our heart to Him uh, in a very childlike way, a very um, spontaneous way. And um, so that's kind of the paradox is, you know, the Lord's Prayer is, on the one hand, a a rote prayer. We didn't, you know, those aren't our words. They come from Jesus. They're recorded by the evangelists in the gospel. And yet, you know, as we pray it over the course of our lifetime, uh, we're kind of transformed by the prayer. And we want to be able to, you know, um, use this prayer as a way of expressing, you know, our our own desires, what's in our own heart. And so we can kind of unite our own words or just our silence with this prayer. Um, you know, I think one of the dangers, and, and Jesus points this out in the Gospels with some of the religious authorities of his day, is that, you know, we as people, we think that we have to multiply our prayers a lot and we have to kind of earn God's grace perhaps by saying lots of prayers and performing all kinds of different rituals. And we as Catholics do have, you know, obviously a a rich liturgical life, and we do have a lot of religious symbols and all that. So in and of itself, it's not bad. But I think we have to remember that, you know, all of this that we say and all this that we do, it's ultimately about entering into a deeper relationship or friendship with the Lord and being more fully united with Him, and then living a love, a life of love, loving God, loving our neighbor. So that's, that's really the purpose of all of our prayers and all of our ritual activity, isn't it? So yeah, so, yeah. so I think um, it's, a good, it's a good antidote, or an, yeah, kind of an antidote, I guess, to the, to the belief that maybe 
it all depends on me in the end. <laughs> Father Rob Kroll, our spiritual director, talking about the Our Father today. And uh, Father Rob, get us started. Let's, uh, you know, we're limited on time, obviously. And uh, sure. presuming we get a few phone calls, we may be uh, limited in getting through the, the entire prayer. <laughs> right. But but get us started in terms of, um, of, of line by line, Our Father. Just uh, walk us into that a little bit, if you would. Yeah, you know, maybe we can just start with those first two words. You know, we call it the Our Father, and um, the, the fact that we don't say My Father, but we say Our Father, uh, we're already, from, from the very beginning of the prayer, from the very first word, we're indicating that uh, this goes beyond just me and my private relationship with God. But, you know, He's Our Father, so implied there is that we're brothers and sisters of the same Heavenly Father, you know, that we're joined by the whole church. When you think about just today, this one day um, of our life, how many different people around the world are saying the Our Father? You know, I think it's safe to say that probably at every minute, you know, because of all the time zone changes, there are people, you know, joining in this prayer. So it's just like this continuous river or stream of prayer that is being um, brought before heaven. Uh, billions of believers that are using this prayer together. So, you know, it reminds us that we're not in this alone, that, that our faith unites us with all of these brothers and sisters. And remember that we're created in the image of a triune God, right? So God himself is a community of persons. And so there's a, plur- a plurality or a community of love within God himself. And, and so we, as God's people, as God's church, uh, are united also as brothers and sisters of the same Father. And then that word Father is huge. Um, you know, we could spend the whole program talking just about that one word, you know, but it's a, it's an address of um, trusting love, you know. Uh, we don't call just, you know, to say our God, we say our Father. And, of course, Jesus called God Abba, you know, Daddy, really, a very uh, kind of affectionate um Address And so it's a reminder to us that God is our Heavenly Father, and uh, if that's the case, we are then a son or a daughter of God. That's really our fundamental identity, and that therefore um, all of us together are brothers and sisters in Christ. So we're not, we're not children of God uh, by nature, the way Jesus is the Son of God, but we are sons and daughters of God by adoption. And uh, if God is our Father and we're His child, His, his children, then I think we need to approach him with a real childlike heart, you know, a very trusting uh, childlike heart. Um, you know, sometimes people will ask me, you know, Father, I had, a, I had an earthly father, uh, an earthly dad who was either abusive or maybe just absent, you know, left the family or never really said, I love you, and, and this has caused some woundedness in my own heart. How, how can I relate to God? as my father in a healthy way if my earthly dad was defective? And it's a very good question. And I, I usually try to encourage people to think of it this way. It's in, it's in having a good and healthy relationship with God as our father that then we can experience um, kind of the healing that comes from that relationship. That if I can really believe that I'm actually cherished and delighted in as a son or daughter of my heavenly father, then that can maybe that can bring healing where it's needed in in my, you know, relationship with my earthly dad, because the reality is there is no perfect, you know, earthly father. Um, even I suppose, I imagine, uh, you know, Ward Cleaver or uh, what was what was uh, Brady's first name, the Brady Bunch uh, family, but, you know, they probably had their issues too, right? So, um, so it's a reminder to us that we really only have ultimately one 
perfect father in heaven. Yeah, I want to say Brady uh, family was uh, before my Mike time. Mike Brady, That's, I think it's Mike Brady. <laughs> is that, okay, good, because I don't, I never watched it, so I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> well, and I'm dating myself too. So these are older <laughs> That's why I was not going to do that anyway. <laughs> Father Father Rob Kroll, our spiritual director, talking about the Our Father. Let's take a phone call here for you, Father. Uh, Carmen, listening in Mesa, Arizona. Thank you for the call, and welcome. You're on the air with Father Rob Kroll. Thank you. Like I was saying, um, Our Father prayer for me and my personal life and my personal opinion is like the food for my soul because I am a true, true Catholic, hardcore Catholic, and I believe that that every word in in the prayer it goes into my skin. Is that prayer that you just have to close your eyes and think of the person that wrote it? He must have made God because it's so beautiful, and it's mm-hmm. just. I always think that you know when God created all the prayers for us. I always picture him under a tree and be like, for example, um, Carmen is going to look like this and this is going to be her journey. And so-and-so person is going to be like this and this is going to be her journey. I feel like God created each and every one of us in a way that he knows exactly the exact moment that things are going to happen in our lives. And we have to trust that whatever happens in our life, that's His will. That's what He wrote. That's what um, that's what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think that that yes, we are His children. And I also believe that we have to honor that. I've heard so many people say, um, "Oh, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in God." And it hurts me. It hurts me in a way that, like, I literally feel like it's cutting my skin because I pray the rosary every single day, sometimes twice a day. And I feel like if I don't wake up, I sometimes I find myself waking up the first thing that comes out of my my mouth is our Father. The very first thing. As soon as I open my, my eyes, I pray in. And I feel like that's my my soul breakfast. That's a breakfast for my soul. And yeah. I feel like yeah. that gives me strength every morning. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, I feel like that's sometimes all I need. And I also yeah. have found myself okay. in situations. That, yes. No, no, please go ahead. Oh, I found myself in situations that, you know, some people shouldn't get into. But we all do. And so does the Our Father, it helps you when you're struggling at times, huh? Yes. Yes, it does. Well, thanks for that witness, Carmen. I mean, you talk about the Our Father as uh, food for the soul, and it's something that you pray when you first wake up in the morning, and I think all that's very true, you know, that that it is uh, is from the Lord's lips himself, and it's, um, you know, again, one of those fundamental prayers that has so much meaning for us. And, uh, you know, you say food for the soul, and, of course, we ask for our daily bread in the prayer, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about what that might mean very, very practically. But, yeah, I think it's one of those prayers that, um, even though we might have learned it as a little kid, it's, it's not childish. 
it, it helps us to stay childlike, but it's not a childish prayer, and it's one that we can continue to pray, you know, throughout our lives, uh, and maybe grab onto, as you were suggesting, when we're kind of desperate, and we maybe can't even find our own words, you know. Um, sometimes we can pray easily in our own words and from our own heart, but sometimes when we're lost or confused, um, this prayer uh, just is, is one that we can go back to as kind of our lifeline. So thanks for... Yeah. We're calling in and sharing your story a little bit. Yeah, Carmen, uh, thanks so much for joining us. A food for the soul. I like that a lot. We are talking today about the Our Father. And what's been your experience of praying the Our Father? How has it impacted your prayer life? Father Rob Kroll is our spiritual director. If you'd like to join us, it's a toll-free phone number, 888-914-9149. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This is today's Gospel reading from the New American Bible. Mark, chapter 7, verses 1 through 13. When the Pharisees, with some scribes who had come from Jerusalem, gathered around Jesus, they observed that some of his disciples ate their meals with unclean, that is, unwashed, hands. For the Pharisees, and in fact all Jews, do not eat without carefully washing their hands, keeping the tradition of the elders. And on coming from the marketplace, they do not eat without purifying themselves. And there are many other things that they have traditionally observed, the purification of cups and jugs and kettles and beds. So the Pharisees and scribes questioned him, Why do your disciples not follow the tradition of the elders, but instead eat a meal with unclean hands? He responded, Well did Isaiah prophesy about you hypocrites. As it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines human precepts. You disregard God's commandment, but cling to human tradition. He went on to say, How well you have set aside the commandment of God in order to uphold your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother, and whoever curses father or mother shall die. Yet you say, If someone says to father or mother, Any support you might have had from me is korban, meaning dedicated to God, you allow him to do nothing more for his father or mother. You nullify the word of God in favor of your tradition that you have handed on, and you do many such things. You can find all the daily readings at relevantradio.com slash gospel or tap the prayer tab on the Relevant Radio app. The Relevant Radio studio line is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Information about employment opportunities and their flexible premium life insurance plans available at relevantradio.com slash forester. If you're looking for a little help on your journey of faith, our priests are here for you. Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. Or email us, innerlife@relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. 
Thanks for joining us, everyone. Good to have you with us on The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction. I'm Chuck Naff, along with our producer, Nick Schmitz. Jim Schaefer is answering your phone calls. And Father Rob Kroll is our spiritual director. Father Rob, one of our regular contributors, a Jesuit priest and now director of spiritual formation at St. Francis de Sales Seminary, that in Milwaukee, talking today about our prayer life and the Our Father. Phone lines are open if you'd like to join us. Toll-free number 888-914-9149, our email address, life at relevantradio.com. But uh, the Our Father, what's been your experience of praying the Our Father, and how has it uh, made a difference? How has it impacted your prayer life? Again, toll-free if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. Real quick update on our pledge drive last week. If uh, you didn't hear another incredible outpouring of support, uh, from all of you in our listening audience, um, just your generosity is just amazing. It's uh, sometimes just overwhelming. Uh, last count, uh, we were fast approaching $2.9 million. Close to 14,000 of you said yes to our invitation to make that contribution and uh, help us stay on the air wherever you're listening. And it's still not too, uh, too late to make a contribution. If you didn't do that last week or if you'd like to make another one, you can call 877-291-0123. Also online, relevantradio.com and on our Relevant Radio app. Again, just a heartfelt thank you from all of us at Relevant Radio to all of you who who make it possible for us to do what we do in uh, what I like to call these mission fields of relevant radio. Father Rob Kroll, our spiritual director, talking about the Our Father. And before we get to some more phone calls, um, Father Rob, walk us a little bit more through the prayer. Our Father, but who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Yeah, so there's that introductory salutation, you know, our Father who art in heaven. And when we say that, who art in heaven, um, it kind of is a good reminder to us that, you know, our Father, uh, God, is um, very, very uh, transcendent, right? He's, he's very much uh, above us, if, you, if we can use a spatial image like that. And, of course, we're all created for heaven, so we're on this journey on the earth right now, moving towards our heavenly homeland. So, so saying that, you know, if our Father is in heaven should be kind of a, an inspiration to us and kind of spur us on to greater holiness. But at the same time, it's not as if God is just up in heaven somewhere out there in the heavens far away. You know, we as Christians believe that in the Incarnation, uh, God has drawn so intimately close to us in Jesus Christ. And so God is also uh, very much imminent in, in, in our world and in our life experience, in our church so I uh, just wanted to kind of maybe clarify that when we talk about uh, our Father in Heaven. And then, as you said, Chuck, you know, we move into the first of seven petitions. Seven is kind of a, a symbolic number in the Bible. It's usually a, a number that implies plenitude or fullness. So that would make sense that Jesus would give us this prayer, and it would contain these seven petitions. And the first is, Hallowed be thy name. You know, we might think about, we might pause here and think about the importance of a name. You know, each one of us has a name, and people call us by that name. Maybe we have a nickname or some kind of name of endearment. But it's, um, you know, it's something that kind of identifies us and in some ways distinguishes us from others. Um, well, God, you know, a name. Uh, and in the Bible, uh, God's name symbolizes God himself, right? And and so um, we always want to reverence the name of God. We never want to abuse it or you know, uh, take the Lord's name in vain, for example. I know for myself that, you know, whenever I watch uh, a TV program or a movie where the name of our Lord is used as kind of a curse or, 
in, in you know is taken in vain. I know that really grates on me. Um, name also creates the possibility of relationship. If I can name someone, it means that I I can enter into a relationship with them. Um, you remember that in the Bible, in the in the uh, introductory chapters of Genesis, that uh, Adam is given the power to kind of name all the all the creatures, and that gives him a certain power or dominion over them. Well, you know, the fact that we can uh, call God our Father, that we can name our Lord Jesus Christ, it doesn't give us power over them, but it does allow us to enter into a, a relationship with them, like, like we do with other people in our lives whose names we know. Um, so I think, you know, that's maybe enough on, on that particular petition. Um, should we go well, on to the, the next one? Yeah, I want to get to a phone this? call, but before we do that, hang in there with us, everyone. Just talk a little bit. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Talk about that a little bit, if you would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think, again, that's those those are so packed with meaning. They're really pregnant with meaning. I mean, thy kingdom come. So just the mention of the kingdom of God, right? Um, we know that um, in that third luminous mystery that we pray on Thursdays, um, it's focused on the preaching of the kingdom. Just think for a moment of how many parables Jesus told about the kingdom of God, trying to help us to understand this kingdom. You know, on the one hand, uh, Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. And yet we know that the kingdom of God has begun in our world, that it's being established and built up in this world. And, and, and helping Jesus to build that kingdom is a very important part of our Christian vocation. Um, we actually have a feast as Catholics. It's the last feast of the year in our liturgical calendar called the Feast of Christ the King, Christ the Universal King. And, and in the preface that we hear at Mass that day, there are certain adjectives that are used to describe the kingdom that Jesus came to inaugurate. Uh, we, in that preface, it says an eternal and universal kingdom, a kingdom of truth and life, a kingdom of holiness and grace, a kingdom of justice, love, and peace. So that's what the kingdom of God consists of. And so, you know, any time in our life that we're growing in truthfulness, holiness, justice, love, and peace, we're, we're helping to bring about that kingdom. Um, so anyway, I think... Uh, you know, and then yeah, I think you mentioned too that Thy will be done on earth, right? So, that's isn't that so so central to our lives as Christians? We want to do the will of God in all things and at all times. And Jesus Himself says in John four that my food is to do the will of Him who sent me. And um, I remember there's another point in the Gospels where where some people say to Jesus, you know, your your mother and your brothers are out here waiting for you or looking for you. And He says, well, who are my mother and my brothers and my sisters, you know, it's the one who does the will of my Heavenly Father, who is mother and brother to me. So so there's a lot of emphasis in doing the will of God, and we, and we know that we kind of resist that, you know, we know that sometimes we do our will, and we're not really aligning our will uh, with with God's will. So there's, there's a battle there, there's a struggle. Um, Yep. Father Rob Kroll, our spiritual director, talking about the Our Father today. And again, a toll-free phone number if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. The Our Father, what does that mean to you and your prayer life? Again, toll-free if you'd like to share your story, 888-914-9149. So let's uh, head back to the phones. And Julie, listening in Kirkwood, Missouri, that in the uh, St. Louis area. Hi, Julie. Thanks for the call. Good to have you with us today. Hi. Thank you. Um, I, just as Father is speaking, um, I happen to um, be blessed by listening to a 
it's radio contest. Uh, radio. Uh, thank you sure. very much. I'm so sorry. Well, they were breaking down our father, and um, it really became very relevant to me uh, in the sense that I um, I began to take it apart and make it more personalized. Um, my father, our father, he's my father. He's my father in heaven. Um, uh, how would be thy name? Holy is your name. Um, you know, just breaking each piece apart made it more personal to me. Um, so it, it went from just a prayer that I learned as a child to a prayer that um, really became personalized. And what I love about the Our Father is that for each of us, um, it can be very personalized. And, um, you know, and then ultimately uh, the portion where we discuss the fact that um, our daily bread, uh, that makes it very Catholic for me, because in the Catholic faith, we are blessed with the um, ability to be able to go to, connection, con- to Mass every day and have communion every day. Um, and some faiths don't have communion at all. Um, so, you know, it's, it really makes me um, closer and more bonded to my own Catholic faith. So it's just a beautiful uh, prayer all the way around for me. Well, Julie, thanks for uh, sharing that. And, and I want to highlight the first thing you said, uh, which is um, I think everybody could take this prayer and just spend, you know, maybe an hour with it and just break it down into these small bits, you know, these bite-sized nuggets, and then, and then like, you, like you did, just ponder the real meaning of them, because it is a prayer that we've said so often, and usually say so quickly, that we don't really think about the words as we're saying them. So I really like that idea of maybe encouraging people in their own personal prayer to, at least on occasion, you know, maybe once a month, you just sit down with the Our Father and, you know, kind of think about each of the uh, different petitions in there and, and, and apply it, you know, to your life personally. So that's really good. And you, you, you give a great segue into the, uh, the fourth um, petition, which is give us our daily bread, right? And as you say very uh, correctly, for us Catholics, that is not only food for the body. I mean, we are talking about daily bread in, in, its, uh, you know, in its common, ordinary meaning. And we're grateful to God that he does provide for us in that way in our material needs. But it's also food for the soul, and, and specifically for the body of Christ, uh, the living bread, right? The bread from heaven um, that we receive any time, uh, you know, we go to Mass. So that's really important that we, uh, that we see that, and that too. Yeah. I, I would add only this, that I think when we say give us, to, you know, give us this day our daily bread, we're also kind of highlighting that uh, there are a lot of people in the world who don't have their daily needs met, you know, who, who literally die of starvation because they don't get enough bread or who are spiritually very hungry and starving because they're not uh, being, you know, spiritually given the bread of life. So there's, there's a call, I think, to us as disciples to make sure that we're trying to do what we can to feed people, you know, physically, but also to spread the good news of Jesus Christ and to feed people spiritually. 
So yeah. thanks for thanks for sharing. Yeah. That. Hey, Julie, if I might ask you a question, uh, Jim Shaper, our uh, call screener, is telling me that uh, because of this line, you said you had have a friend who became Catholic because of this. Yeah. Um, actually, um, one of the things that he had described was that um, in learning more about the Our Father, he had realized that. Um, you know, the Catholic Church is really the only church where you can go every day um, and, again, receive communion. Um, and the Our Father references our daily bread. Um, mm. And he began to feel that, um, you know, even though multiple, a multitude of um, Christian faiths say the Our Father, um, only the Catholic Church really... Um, gives you that option of uh, going to church and doing so daily and and then uh, on top of that being able to receive communion daily or our daily bread mm-hmm. wow yeah, well, great. well Father great. Rob, you know, you're talking about becoming very, and Julie said this too, the Our Father, it's very, a very personal prayer. And there's, a, there's a, a, a great example for all of us about how personal this prayer really is and really can be for us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it, it's kind of a paradox, isn't it? Because it's the, you know, it's the standard Christian prayer. It's the one that billions of us pray every day. And yet for each person, it can take on not just, you know, its own meaning, but can actually transform us, you know, and, and uh, lead to deep conversion. And, no, that's that's beautiful. And, yeah. you know, I had this other thought, too, as we were talking about the, the Daily Bread petition, is when you think about around the world, the, the, the people, the men and women that have to literally beg for their bread every day, that, you know, it kind of reminds us that we're all, however wealthy we are materially, we're all kind of poor um, because we have to ask for our daily bread, you know, give us this day our daily bread. So we're, we're, we're sort of adopting the posture of a poor person, you know, and so it highlights that as disciples uh, we're, we're super dependent on God um, each day, you know, for what we need. And, and that should lead to both a humility and a great gratitude that God does provide for us. So, yeah. Yeah, Julie, thanks uh, for joining us. Uh, Pleasure to have you on the program today. Father Rob Kroll is our spiritual director talking about the Our Father. What has been your experience of praying the Our Father? How has it impacted uh, your faith life, your journey of faith? And if you'd like to join us, it's a toll-free phone number, 888-914-9149. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Inner Life Show or email us innerlife at relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Father Rob Kroll is our spiritual director on The Inner Life today. Father Rob, a Jesuit priest and director of spiritual formation at St. Francis de Sales Seminary, that in Milwaukee, talking today about the Our Father, uh, this uh, beautiful prayer that Jesus teaches all of us so very directly in Scripture. What's uh, been the impact of uh, the Our Father on your prayer life? If you'd like to uh, join us, uh, toll-free phone number 888 914 
888-900-9149. And a couple of programming notes. By the way, if you joined us late and uh, want to hear the entire show, don't forget you can download our podcast of the entire program. All you have to do is go to the website, relevantradio.com, and uh, the Inner Life page, and you can download uh, today's program, really any of our programs, and uh, you can do that um, at the website, uh, relevantradio.com, and I think on the Relevant Radio app as well. A week from tomorrow, Ash Wednesday, the beginning of Lent, we want to tell you about a special Lenten journey with Father Rocky's Lenten Lessons on the Mass, and you can sign up for uh, Father Rocky's uh, Lenten Lessons, and you'll receive a daily email where Father will walk you through the different parts of the Mass. And with each Lenten lesson, you can read or listen to to Father Rocky uh, give a detailed explanation of a certain aspect of our beautiful liturgy of the Mass. You'll also receive a daily bonus video to go along with each Lenten lesson, with Father Rocky giving you a behind-the-scenes, a more detailed look at the different parts of the Mass. And the first Lenten lesson will be sent out on Ash Wednesday, a week from tomorrow, February 17th. So sign up now, click on the banner on the Relevant Radio app or at RelevantRadio.com. So, Father Rob Kroll, the Our Father, I think this is the toughest part of the of the prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Yeah, that is a doozy, isn't it? The fifth petition. Hey, uh, Chug, if it's okay, I'm going to make a quick shameless plug before I address that. Because okay. uh, since the fall, uh, a friend of mine, Jim Fellows, who's up in Minnesota, he and I have been doing a podcast called Two Are Gathered. So it's number two, capital R, Gathered. And we actually did an episode on the Our Father uh, in the fall. We, we started this in the fall, and, and uh, in, in mid-November we did a podcast on the Our Father. So I just wanted to let listeners know that if they wanted kind of a, a supplement on this topic, they might go there. And, and, and anyway, we're, we're kind of launching this and hope, hoping to get more uh, listeners. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a shameless plug there for it. But, uh, okay. Okay. Uh, one more time, just give us the, the name again. Oh yeah, so it's uh, two R gathered. Uh, so it's it's number two and then capital R and then gathered, and it's all kind of one word. Two R okay. gathered. So it's a it's a podcast that uh, Jim Fellows and I have started and launched, and uh, yeah, we have oh, our good. own Facebook page. And uh, anyway, it's it's on a variety of platforms. But great. Okay. Thank you for that. Good to know. Oh, you bet. You bet. So yeah, forgiveness, so like said, Father Rob. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Because we're not saying we're not just saying to God, you know, forgive us our trespasses, but we're adding as we forgive those who trespass against us, and so it, it's a little bit sobering or even frightening that God, you know, we're asking Him to forgive us in the measure or to the degree that we actually forgive other people. So um, that's that's one we can ponder for a long time, you know, and and I think we all have people in our lives that we struggle to forgive, you know, uh, maybe even people from our distant past, you know, who, uh, whether intentionally or not, you know, wounded our hearts and harmed us somehow. And um, so that, that forgiveness reality is so central to our lives as Christians. And, and maybe the most demanding thing that Jesus tells us in the Gospels is to forgive our enemies. You know, it, it's one thing to forgive a loved one who comes hat in hand and, and seeks uh, forgiveness through an apology. But, you know, we know that Jesus forgave his persecutors from the cross, even though they never asked for it. And and so that's a very uh, that's a very tall demand. But one of the things that can help us is to remember that um, whatever we forgive others is really pretty trivial compared to God's goodness in forgiving us. You know, just think of all the ways that God has forgiven us repeatedly in our life. So that can be 
maybe it may be a stimulus to us. Um, yeah. You know, we live in a world now, Chuck, where there's so much division and polarization, you know, whether in our church, in our country, in our world. And so I think, you know, forgiveness is always needed. So, so as we pray to our Father, let's really be aware that we're saying something quite uh, challenging there. Yeah. And um, I have a follow-up question, but I want to get to another phone call first. So let's uh, take a phone call. Phil, listening in Traverse City, Michigan, thank you for the call. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, uh, Something I just wanted to add to your show uh, is uh, praying the Our Father prayer with Protestants and Catholics. I've been doing it since 2001 in nursing home environments, praying the rosary. And something I've noticed uh, praying with the Protestants is to go ahead and to allow the doxology. I know that's not what we do as Catholics, but I've seen some great fruit by not um, trying to teach at that moment when I'm praying with Protestants, but to go ahead and allow the doxology as part of uh, our Father prayer. And, so why don't uh, you just let people, know, what, let people know what you mean by the doxology? They might not know what that word means. Oh, well... Uh, the, the additional part of the Our Father, at the end of the Our Father prayer. Uh, Father, could you repeat it? <laughs> I, I will. For, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. So, yes. Right. right. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I had a little mental block. Um, That's okay. But, uh, I'll tell you what, Phil, live, live radio will do that to you, by the way. <laughs> I, I know firsthand. Trust me. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. Um, But, you know, what's beautiful is uh, we had a Protestant become Catholic, and uh, she became Catholic because on another day of the week at the nursing home, we distribute Holy Communion. And the fifth luminous mystery was really working on her. And finally, she had that epiphany, and she said, what can I do to receive the Eucharist as your Catholics receive it, Philip? And I said, oh, it's wonderful you become Catholic. And she did. Um, but I think if I would have had the attitude of, oh, no, no, we don't have a doxology, you know, and try to be a teacher at that moment, you know, earlier on, uh, I may not, you know, I may have lost her. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. St. Ignatius, the founder of the Jesuits, the order that I belong to, would have said that you, you kind of went in uh, that person's door and kind of brought them out your door. So, in other words, you were willing to kind of... Uh, you know, um, accommodate, you know, where they were. And, and in the end, they saw kind of the value or the wisdom of of your, you know, position with the Eucharist. So that, that that's neat. Yeah. Phil, thanks. Uh, good to have you on the program today. Father Rob Kroll, our spiritual director, a few minutes left as we talk about the Our Father. My follow-up, uh, Father Rob, on uh, mm-hmm. forgive us as we forgive those who um, who trespass against us. So, I mean, you've heard the stories. I've heard the stories. I know people. We've heard it here on the on the on the inner life. I just cannot forgive whomever for whatever for somebody who might be harboring some wound or hurt or pain in their life, where forgiveness is just um, doesn't seem to be possible. What then? And and what happens to to this prayer in terms of its uh, effectiveness? I guess if I can use that word, if we can, we're asking the Lord to forgive us, but if we can't forgive others, wow. Yeah, that's one of the hardest things that uh, you know we in the church encounter, and and I think we've all been there too, where we struggle mightily to forgive people. And you know, I think that. Um, 
usually the reason why we get stuck in unforgiveness is because we're very, very angry and maybe bitter and resentful for some injury that we've suffered. But I, w- I would want to go beneath the anger and say that there's probably uh, a great sadness or sorrow that we experience too. And so if we're stuck in unforgiveness, I think you know we need to bring to the Lord in prayer, but maybe also to a counselor, uh, you know, somebody who can help walk us through on this journey. We, we need to get beneath the um, hardened heart and, and let our hearts be softened. And, and I think the way we do that is by allowing the sadness that is there to surface and to kind of acknowledge that and, and to kind of say, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't have to just... Forgiveness doesn't mean I, I deny the fact that I was wronged or harmed or there might have been some grave injustice committed against me. I think that's one of the problems is people think sometimes that forgiveness is kind of weakness um, or it somehow implies that what happened to me didn't really matter. And that's not true at all. But I think that we all know from our own experience that living with a hardened heart and refusing to forgive, it really doesn't lead to joy or happiness. It just kind of saps us of our energy. And so, um, yeah, I think it is really important, uh, Chuck, to, to help people to enter into that kind of that messy place of, of anger, but beneath that, the sadness and allow some healing to come there, you know, and, and invite the Lord very specifically into like memories and relationships that were really toxic or whatever, so that we can, mm-hmm. so that we can move forward in freedom. Yeah, and then Father Rob, can I ask you just to talk a little bit, if you would have, because we, we hear it, you hear it too. But you know, uh, forgive and forget. And I'm just a big proponent yeah. in forgiveness that uh, that we don't forget what happened, but what goes away if it's real forgiveness is the pain, the wound, the hurt. Mm-hmm. That's what goes away. And yes, we remember it, but in real forgiveness, we can real we really can get rid of the wound and the pain, can't we? We really can. I mean, there's many, many stories of that, and it can be very helpful, I think, to actually hear real people's experience. Um, just yesterday, one of the seminarians here where I work was telling me that he heard a, a talk uh, a couple days ago at a at a conference. Um, it was a virtual conference, but it was this wonderful woman, Immaculate Ili Bagiza. Oh, yeah. Some of our listeners may know of her, but a Rwandan woman whose family was massacred uh, in the 90s, or the 80s or 90s, in the uh, war between the Tutsis and the Hutus. You know, her, her whole family was killed. She herself was sought by the killers, but she was um, hidden in a, in a bathroom and, and, uh, and avoided being killed. But at the end of this book that she wrote called Left to Tell, she mentions that uh, her the man who killed her family was dragged before her, and she actually spoke words of forgiveness to him, you know. And so I think, you know, even in extreme circumstances, it's possible to forgive, and that brings great freedom and uh, to both our, myself, who forgives, but also to the person who is forgiven. So it isn't a matter of forgetting, no, but it's a matter of, of uh, allowing forgiveness to restore uh, my own peace and my own joy. Um, and I can remember the past then, even if it brings some pain with it, I can remember it uh, with more peace because I know that the Lord's grace has flowed into that wound and, and has brought healing. I don't think full healing can happen until we see the Lord face to face in heaven, but we sure can experience a good uh, degree of healing already. Uh, on yeah, the I, th- 
Yeah, and I think, Father Rob, that's such a good point. We talk about forgiving others, and uh, yes, you know, that's our journey. That's uh, what I'm trying to do. But when we forgive somebody else, the freedom they might find, knowing they have Mm -hmm. been forgiven by us, by me, by whomever, what a gift that is. Well, and Chuck, we should really always desire everyone's salvation, right? We should never, like, seek or pray for a person's damnation or condemnation. So, yes, to the extent that we extend that olive branch and that we actually forgive somebody, we we might be literally saving their soul. You know, it might lead to a whole change in them, and it might be our act of forgiveness that really allows them then to to be with us in heaven where everything will be healed and and forgiven. So, yeah, let's keep that in mind. Father Rob Kroll, our spiritual director, and uh, I don't think we're going to be able to uh, get to the rest of our phone calls. Only have a couple of minutes uh, left, uh, Father Rob. But take us through the last petition. Uh, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Yeah, so, you know, temptation is a tricky topic. I mean, I kind of say tongue-in-cheek that to, to literally ask God to cease all temptations is to kind of ask for death, because we know that in this life, uh, we are going to be tempted. And, uh, and we can ask, well, what's the purpose of these temptations? Why does God allow temptations and trials? And ultimately, it's for our good. He wants us to grow in virtue, in trust, in love. And we know that mature love always involves, you know, some kind of uh, purification and renunciation. So, so rather than look at it as a scary thing or, or a bad thing, we can see temptation as actually a good thing for our soul, you know. But when we say, lead us not into temptation, we're not asking God to totally take away temptations, but we're saying, you know, keep us from either unnecessary temptations or maybe those that we kind of blunder into or bluster our way into by, by means of our own, you know, stupidity. And, and uh, so we're basically asking to be protected from temptation that might be too strong for us. Um, I think it's in 1 Corinthians 10 where, where you know, God says uh, that we won't be tempted beyond our strength, but with the temptation, uh, we'll, we'll, he'll also provide the way of escape, you know. So, mm. so let's remember that, you know, God, if he, if he allows temptation, it's for our own good. Um, and then the deliver us from, the, from evil, sometimes that's translated as deliver us from the evil one. Uh, in the catechism, it, it mentions that. So, you know, again, we're, we're aware that we have a spiritual enemy, uh, who the unholy spirit, and we want to be protected uh, from the evil one. And so we, we ask God to help us with that. Yeah. Father Rob Kroll talking about the Our Father. And Father, we made it through all of, through all of the prayer today. I wasn't we did. Sure. We just snuck in there. I know. I wasn't sure we were going to be able to do that. But time to wrap things up. We do like to close with a final blessing for all of our listeners. So, Heavenly Father, we do ask that you help us today to live out the Our Father prayer, to grow in trust of you. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon all our listeners and be with them forever. Amen. Amen. Father Rob Kroll, the pleasure. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, We appreciate you taking the time to be part of the program. Thanks to all of you for listening. We always appreciate that. Stay tuned. We're celebrating Mass here in less than 60 seconds, 1230 Central. The Faith Explained with Cale Clark. And we're back tomorrow. Hope to see you then.